Hey, I know. I'll use my trusty frying pan as a drying pan. Mama always said Al the Drawing Pan was the best Pokemon podcast, where they talk about episodes from the Pokemon series. It's also like a box of chocolates, in which you never know what you're going to get. But I do know one thing, it's rated E for explicit, so listener discretion is advised. I'm your host Jacob, and I'm here with my co-host, Austin. Run, Gorst, Run! That's right. Run Force Run. Speaking of running, our other co-host Alex is here. How you doing, Alex? Well, before the podcast, like I was saying, shrimp is the fruit of the sea. You can barbecue it, boil it, broil it, bake it, saute it. There's shrimp kebabs, shrimp creole, shrimp gumbo, pan-fried, deep-fried, stir-fried. There's pineapple shrimp, lemon shrimp, coconut shrimp, pepper shrimp, shrimp soup, shrimp stew, shrimp salad, shrimp and potatoes, shrimp burgers, shrimp sandwiches. And that's about it. I, I, I remember that. that they were talk- That's when he's in boot camp and they're just talking about, you know, he meets Bubba and Bubba just going through the thing. And, and I remember the movie. I'm talking about how he can cook shrimp. There's a million ways. Audience, as you can tell, there's a theme going on here. Uh, this is episode 97, I will mention that, of Out of the Drawing Pan. We're just doing one episode this time, and as you can see, that involves hopefully a movie you are all old enough to have seen. <laughs> I don't know. Gen Z, I don't know if they really are <laughs> in that. I think the youngins I know, know people it. people who haven't seen it. When I say something about it, they're like, I've never heard of this movie. We're, we all have movies That's we haven't true. seen. But this seems like one that you mention and everyone gets it. I mean, you can say that about any classic. Like, Austin always gives me a hard time every time I'm like, no, I still haven't seen Casablanca. I'm so sorry. Jacob has not seen Wizard of Oz. See, everybody's got their thing. Is that really a classic, though? I mean, come on. Jacob, (laughs) that's one of the most iconic movies of all time. Just because it was the first in color or whatever. Give it a break. Whatever. The Wizard of Oz is not we're a classic. We're going to sit you down. We're going to make you watch it. <laughs> we're going to, we're not really, uh, okay, episode 97. Countdown to 100. The countdown to 100. We have a, another special announcement for y'all, you all. Alex, y'all. take it away. That's right, y'all. The announcement for this week is our Instagram, which as of this airing, I hope that I have it set up. So future Alex, please do us all a favor. Yeah, so that's going to be exciting. I'm not really sure what all that's going to entail, but I can say my first idea was some sound bites from our episode, highlights. In my personal spare time, I like to do makeup. So I was thinking Pokemon-themed makeup for all of our beauty-inclined listeners out there. We all know you're beautiful. Aw, so are you guys. I'm in the audience, but yeah, you too, Alex. Oh, thank you. Oh my god, that's so self <laughs> so self-centered. Holy shit. <laughs> oh my god. That's what the Instagram is gonna turn into. Austin never compliments me, so I'm like, oh my god, just so sweet. He still didn't. He didn't compliment you. I did too. I said you too, Alex. He didn't actually. It was the audience. <laughs> audience, you're beautiful too. 
Oh, God, please. This is off to a great start. Austin, the king of retroactive compliments. So, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be fun. I'm still learning Instagram, but it'll be fun. Oh, you're promising memes. Good luck. Mm, I didn't say I was going to make them, but I can, like, repost stuff. <laughs> what's the, what's it going to be called? Do you know that yet? Well, I was thinking out of the drying pan, but I don't know. Okay. Well, remember, like, our Twitter thing we got locked out of. I didn't know if, uh, had a, oh. like, if you leave a the or of out. Like, is it out drying pan, out of the drying pan? Should I keep the article out of the <laughs> drying pan? We'll see when we get there. All right. That's a problem for future me. Good luck. I don't know how it works at all. Austin, I don't know if you do. <laughs> so you're going to be on your own? I have never had an Instagram. It's beyond my comprehension. If you run across a problem, we will try to help you out, but just there's no guarantee we will know. Austin's the Twitter guru. He's been doing that. I'm really not. Do not do not cast aspersions on me like okay, that. Okay, sorry. My mistake. We're going to expand our social media presence is what we're going for here to get the help get the word out. I think you have to be on social media these days, unfortunately. Yeah. It seems that way. Pringles has an Instagram. You know, who'd have thought that? I have things to say, but probably shouldn't record it. Pringles? Do you have strong feelings about No, on social media. Oh. Pringles, once you pop, you can't stop. It's an addictive substance that I think we need to stop peddling to the children. (laughs) I don't know. There's a lot of stuff like that. I feel I have conflicting feelings about social media. Like, on the one hand, I feel like social media is responsible for, like, the downfall of our society. Oh, just on one hand. Yeah, just on the one hand. But I get to laugh at memes. Yeah, but on the other hand, (laughs) it's a creative outlet and you know it helps people stay connected with people you normally wouldn't maybe necessarily be connected with and like I don't know I feel like there's opportunity there that we've never had before as like a a species and a society but also the internet is toxic social media is toxic body imagery issues are rampant there's so many things we could say misinformation oh misinformation it's a weird like philosophical debate like social media itself isn't bad humans make it terrible Mm. we strive to just be a fun light-hearted podcast feeling a little hyper so i'm ready to get on to the next to the episode we talk about don't today. be grumpy like the hyper beams <laughs> <laughs> like the hyper beams so this episode is forced grumps i don't know why this i mean i get the title a little bit there's no forced gump character like i thought there would be the twerps uh accidentally see a political conspiracy playing out in front of their very own eyes ash steps and shit Happens. <laughs> <laughs> Brock drinks a lot of Dr. Pepper. They start a shrimp business. Misty becomes a professional mower, but she does it for free. <laughs> and then they all sit on a bench in Savannah, Georgia. Yep. Was it Savannah, Georgia? That's a fair guess. Somewhere like, I was thinking like South Carolina or Savannah, me too, like big oak trees. Wait, where is it set? Where Where does he live? Alabama. Okay. He lives in Alabama. It could be Alabama too, oak trees. I can't remember the town he's from, though. What's the town? Okay, it says principal photography took place between August and December 1993, mainly in Georgia, North Carolina, and South Carolina. This is going to bother me. He lives in Greenbow, Alabama. Greenbow, that's what it is. Jacob's right. This is turning into the Forrest Gump Facts podcast here. (laughs) We should do a Forrest Gump episode for the Patreon. Sure. Oh, that'd be a good one. All right, I guess enough Forrest Gump talk. We could uh, move on to the episode this week called Forrest Grumps. 
Alex, you got the 30-second summary challenge. I got the episode summary. And Austin, uh, yeah. you're going to just chime in with four scum facts the whole time. I'll just be sexy in the corner. That'll work, too. That'll work great right on audio, audio podcast. Pod, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Austin, you're going to time Alex. I watched this, like, in double time, so I'll try my best, but... You need to stop putting off watching this at the last possible minute. No, I love procrastinating. Three, two, one, go. Okay, we're stopping at yet another Riverside, because there's rivers everywhere. The Pokemon all come out to play, but Team Rocket appears and catches all the Pokemon, but then there's a bunch of Ursaring and Hyper Beams, and so, in the chaos, Jesse ends up with Ash and Brock, and Misty ends up with James and Meowth, and then shenanigans happen, where... Meowth and James are contemplating their life and Jesse's contemplating hers and why does life suck so bad and the twerps live so much better and they try to attack Ash and Pikachu and everybody when they Time. meet back up and the Earth rings and it's Time. breeding season. Time. Okay. <laughs> that was so bad. Are they in their breeding season? Supposedly. Okay. We're not in the winter for this episode. I can get you that because none of these bears are hibernating. What's the breeding cycle of bears? Uh, the breeding cycle? Yeah. Well, they, they hibernate in the winter. They probably do it while they're hibernating. They probably just lay on each other and let it happen then. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> then they wake up and there's a baby. I don't know. They, like, hibernate and then they wake up and then I'm assuming they, like, go out and... Fuck. Yeah. They can't do it before they hibernate because they eat too much. I mean, like, you ever ate a lot and it ain't gonna work. That wouldn't be good for a bear embryo just to be in a hibernative state. Are there any uh, bearologists out there that want to, like, weigh in? I know what happens if you give a bear cocaine. Oh my gosh. All the bears I know like to take Tina at three in the morning. Oh. I don't know that. I don't know what Tina is. The gays out there got the joke. Okay. All right. All right. (laughs) Speaking of gay, we're happy at a lake. We're so happy here that we're going to let all our Pokemon out. I don't even know where we're going. Are we still trying to get a goldenrod? Yes, we are. Okay. That's going to happen soon, right? Uh, well... What do we consider three podcast episodes worth to be? Is that a long time? That's like a month. We'll be there in a month. We'll get there in a month. Okay. Which time we don't understand the Pokemon Universe. But this episode starts out a little weird. Uh, like I said, we're all out in a lake. Everybody comes out. And instead of Team Rocket attacking at the very end of the episode, which is their usually their MO, we start off out the gate with Team Rocket launching a net or something out of their balloon, capturing all the Pokemon and getting away. No, I'm just kidding. They don't get away. They start to take off, and then the, I don't. You hear the ursaring sound? It's like I don't know how to describe that sound. It's an elephant stock noise, probably. Yeah. Okay, Bowser. Ooh, that was very Bowser. Is that what he said? He's like. Yeah. I was more like ah or something. It's weird. What is the game where you have to, like, imitate the noises? Like, you're Waluigi, and you have to, like, imitate... What? Noises. I don't know. Is that a Jackbox thing? I have no idea. You're Waluigi, specifically? You're, like, Waluigi, and you're, like, performing for, like, a panel of judges. Oh, there's a Mario Party game that has a microphone. Maybe it's that. Oh, maybe. It could be that, because the character that they're playing as is Waluigi. And then you have to, like, imitate noises of, like, characters. And, like, one of them was, like, Bowser... Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a microphone Mario Party game. I know what we have to do. I think it's like on Wii U or some shit, so good luck with that. Fuck, nobody has a Wii U. Someone we know has a Wii U. Wii U was such a sad time in gaming history. Anyway, sorry to interrupt with that. Sorry, Jacob. Let's go back to talking about Forrest Gump. No, you're okay. The Wii U was very sad. Yeah, Ursaring. They make that noise at Austin. I think it's more closer to what Austin did. 
get familiar with that because you're going to hear that like every 10 minutes. No, that's not right. Probably every five minutes. Anyway, these Earth shoot a hyper, hyper beam. Team Rocket crashes. Of course, the balloon explodes. And they all run away in terror. Because, I mean, obviously it's pretty scary. There's a whole bunch of Earth Ring and they're trying to kill you with hyper beam. Because it's their breeding season, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, we don't know that yet, though. We don't know that yet. They, we just know that there's a infestation. We just know they're forest grumpy. Did anybody ever catch an Earth Ring for the games? In Pokemon Arceus, I don't think it was ever on my team. But you have to get a complete Pokédex, and oh my god, evolving Ursaring into Ursaluna was a nightmare. How does that happen? You have to do it during a full moon. Oh my god, that's crazy. Yep. I just remember catching a Teddy Ursa was always really difficult. Like, I don't, I don't remember, but I feel like, at least in Gold and Silver, you couldn't catch one until you were basically at, like, Blackthorn City or something. That was the problem with Gold and Silver, was so many of the Pokemon weren't available until the very end. Yeah, so what's the point? Aren't a good number of them only in Kanto? I, I don't. There's no answers. It doesn't make much sense. Was Teddy Ursa a Silver exclusive? Um... Or did I make that up? I don't know. That sounds... That sounds like it could be right, because I remember... I never caught one. I don't know if I even saw one, but I had gold. So I also had gold, and I don't remember seeing it. Teddy Ursa is exclusive to gold, and Fampy is exclusive to silver. Okay. Oh, well, I guess we just sort of gave up on looking for it late game then, because <laughs> I don't remember having one. Is there anything special you have to do for Teddy Ursa to evolve an Ursa ring? I think it's just level up. Just level up, and then to get the Ursa Luna, you have to do a full moon kind of thing? Yeah. Okay, what is this asterisk? Why can't you just be straightforward, Bulbapedia? I'm on Sarabee.net. Why is there an asterisk? What does this mean? It says Route 45, asterisk. Because probably exclusive to the game. Maybe that's what it means. Only Route 45 in uh, silver. No, this says gold. I hate you, Bulbapedia. Why? Why are you like this? Welcome to the right side of history, Alex. God. All I know is that I'm lost. Like our twerps in this episode. Transition. <laughs> transition. Okay, yes, please move on. This is, doesn't make any sense. Okay. After we run away from the Ursa Ring, our groups, we just get mixed up. Misty is replaced with Jesse for both groups. So it's like Ash, Brock, and now Jesse. Then you got James, Meowth, Misty. You get some interesting character stuff here with how they interact with each other. It starts out with, of course, Jesse being PO'd, and she tries to just start a battle with Ash. She throws out Arbok. Ash sends out Pikachu, but then a couple of Ursaring appear, like I said, and then they don't ever battle. They get hyperbeamed away. On the other hand, Jesse's gone. James and Meowth are upset. Misty's there, and I don't think they really... They're about to start a fight, of course, but then they get scared of Ursaring. But I think James and Meowth are more, like, receptive to Misty being there. I don't know. I couldn't tell, like, which group... Like, if I had a, like if they were lost in the forest, which group would actually make it if they lasted? Like, which group would actually form, like, unity first? I, I couldn't, like, decide that. Neither, like... <laughs> yeah, I don't know, just... Misty... The Misty group was way more, like, confrontational. Because Misty, like, took charge immediately. Like, she had to deal with Meowth and James, which are, like, they're inept. So, I felt for her. Like, at least with the Ash and Brock and Jesse group... They had a plan. They're like, okay, we're going to stop for the night. We're going to do this. We're going to like, they had a structure. Rock was the reasonable one of that group. Yeah. Yeah. That That's a good point. That's a good point. They like kind of all eventually like form a truce, but the group dynamics just, one's obviously better. Which one? The Brock group. The Brock group. That, yeah. Y'all say the Brock group. I couldn't tell really, but the the way y'all are talking now, y'all, 
you'll make a good case for the Brock group being the, you know, if there's one group that's going to make it, it's going to be them. I feel like Jesse would fuck it up somehow, eventually. Well, she does try. Yeah, she does try. Whereas James and Meowth were like two chicken shit. To- <laughs> <laughs> they, they can't come up with a scheme on their own. This is like the next part. They're like all getting scared around Ursa Ring, but there's like this weird part next that Jesse is like dumbfounded that they actually care that Misty's gone. Ash and Brock actually show care for Misty, and then this just like blows Jesse's mind that they actually care about like their friend. And, and you kind of feel a little bit <laughs> for Jesse there because maybe she's not doesn't feel well cared for in the other group or with James and Meowth, but that doesn't make sense to me because they all seem, they're like the Trinity. In my opinion, it kind of is weird because like early on, we get both aspects. Like sometimes it seems like they're thick as thieves, you know, they're like... Thick as thieves. Yeah, thick as thieves. We can't go on without each other. Like we're Team Rocket, we're this trifecta. But then in other aspects, they're like, okay, well, good riddance. You... Uh, other ones are bringing me down like specifically so it's kind of a weird dynamic like it depends on the episode like sometimes they can't bear to be apart from each other because you know they're soulmates and then the other times they're like i hate you so much mm-hmm. this is why i think team rocket's more like a family than the twerps the twerps fight but like team rocket it's very like they're real yeah real fighting but also like they couldn't live apart from each other so that's more that's more of a family dynamic to me maybe that's just something about my family toxic family dynamic yep people who are well adjusted please weigh in and tell us if this is a normal thing (laughs) that happens because i don't think either like all three of us i don't think are well adjusted so we can't tell you they all three compliment each other definitely with team rocket they need each other whereas the twerps is kind of like we know they don't need each other because they're not going to stick together forever it seems to me like there's a miscommunication going on here like jesse may feel some neglect but then back at James's group, you know, after they got scared away, James is talking about how they don't have to worry about Jesse because she's like a strong person or whatever. So maybe that comes from Jesse feeling not worried about because they don't, James feels like, and Meowth feel like they don't have to worry. Well, it's kind of an interesting dynamic because like in her mind, like in her inner thoughts, she's like, I wonder if they care about me. I wonder if they think I'm okay or whatever. And then you get that, the juxtaposition of like James saying, oh, Jesse's fine, like, so she puts on this front of, like, I'm tough and can handle it. But, like, obviously deep down, she's like, I wonder if they care. I wonder if they know I'm not always as strong as I project out there. Like, Yeah, it's kind of like a, a parent that maybe they have, like, one really good kid that doesn't ever need anything. That's, like, does well. But then they have two other kids that, like, are always getting into trouble or need a lot of help. And so maybe that third child feels neglected for that reason, even though the parents feel like they don't have to worry about it. Yeah. The other two are so messed up that or they're all messed up. James Mouth, they don't worry about Jesse. We're learning a lot about group dynamics, like I said, this episode. Okay, getting lost in the forest and getting the groups all mixed up is going to become a cliche. And I end up eventually not liking these episodes. But this is a good one. This is a really good one. This is like a, this is the first time this has happened. I think so. Yeah. The first time we have like a long duration with the groups like being mixed match. Back with misty and james and meowth they come across like a fork in the road where there's actually three paths this kind of explains their whole how their group works to decide where they go they just play rock paper scissors to see who wins and whoever wins just points them in the right direction i mean i guess that's a way to make it work (laughs) instead of like actually thinking it out like which way do we think would be the best way let's just rock paper scissors it 
It also shows they can't agree on anything because they all say a different direction to go in. This was confusing. They all play rock, paper, scissors, and Meowth keeps on winning. And he keeps on saying, like, the odd finger wins. What does that mean? I don't know if they were they playing rock, paper, scissors, or were they playing, like, some number game? Because, like, obviously Meowth has three fingers. Oh, like, isn't that a thing? Like, odds or evens? Isn't that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It was odds and evens. It wasn't rock, paper, scissors. I took that in my notes wrong. But it's, like, odds, evens. And, like, you hold two, and then another person holds, like, four. Then they hold three, and if the total number is an odd, then that person wins. But I don't know how that worked with three people. <laughs> Wait, maybe it's, okay, if you have three people, then you only have the option of doing one through four. That means two of the people are going to be odd, or two of the people are going to be even. But there's always going to be one person who stands out, assuming you don't all pick the same. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, Meowth is always going to win because he's got three fingers. Right his odds are better i guess that he would win the first time i'm not really sure but i mean to jacob's point it's just the di- the way that their dynamic is which i mean arguably the twerps like i mean they have brock like if brock wasn't like okay here's the map and here's where we need to go like maybe they would be all over the place but at least with team rocket they're like what do we do okay like we'll just follow me out uh, you know whatever we don't really have a plan they just drift it's just guessing we're just in the endless forest of <laughs> Ursaring. <laughs> go wherever. Yeah, they're just trying not to die on the survival shows, basically. Naked and afraid. Naked and afraid. That'd be great. That could be one of our fan fictions. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Work on that, Austin. The The next part here, this is actually, the next part here, this is kind of sad. We set up for camp. For, this is back at Ashes and Brock's group and Jesse. We set up camp for the night. Brock gets doing his thing. He's making a soup. A delicious meal. Yeah, Jesse tastes it and says, like, oh my god, this is the best thing ever. And they're like, don't you, like, eat well? Doesn't Giovanni actually feed y'all? Do you ever eat, like, food? And she's like, no, you won't believe some of the stuff we have to eat. Well, I think she's, <laughs> dirt? she's saving face for sure. She's like, oh yeah, yeah, we really, you know, we eat all kinds of things, you know, like putting on this like we can't let the kids know that we are living in like poverty squalor levels of it is sad it is so sad they're just not getting taken care of at all okay but here's the thing all right this really begs the question i had thoughts about this because like i'm assuming well okay i don't know for sure what do you guys think like do you think that ash misty and brock are getting some kind of allowance from their parents or are they relying solely on like battle money that they're earning or like I know a lot of the services are free, you know, when they go to, like, Pokemon Center and stuff. But, like, how are they subsisting every day? Who's paying for Brock's food that he's making? Because I know some episodes we have them gathering wild ingredients. So it's like, okay, are they living off the land? Are they earning some kind of battle-winning money? Do they get, like, a stipend from the government, you know, as traveling trainers? Like, what is their situation? Do Does Delia send Ash an allowance? Like, I don't know. That's a good point. And also, without Brock, they wouldn't be eating this way. They would have to be eat the fruit sandwiches that Tracy makes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fruit sandwiches. <laughs> Remember Tracy? Good times. <laughs> We're going to see Tracy sooner than you might think. Oh, oh boy. Lord. Spoiler alert. Yeah. But yeah, meanwhile, Jacob, to your point, I mean, it's sad because we see that Team Rocket, even though they're grown adults cannot seem to take care of themselves and rather live as like transient drifters and just like sleep on bus station benches and eat dirt like hardtack or something like i don't know what they they like have one dry biscuit to like spread amongst the three of them 
like to even reassure the fact that they don't have any food ever. Like, how are they living? They're obviously they're lost. Meowth throws the wrong directions, and Misty's like, "Well, I'm hungry because we've been walking around forever. We're lost." She unwraps like a subway foot long. Oh my god, that was really funny. <laughs> Meowth and James have like I don't know what you call it, like a biscotti biscuit. They don't even get to eat the whole thing. They have to break it in half, which means if Jesse was there, they have to break it into thirds. Oh my god, who's feeding Arbok and Weezing and Wobbuffet and Victory Bell? Do they not have to eat if they're in their Pokeballs? Oh, we'll never know. They're on life support in there, I guess. I don't know. Maybe Victory Bell can photosynthesize. Don't you think that the Pokemon probably hunt for themselves? They must have to. Oh my god, imagine a Weezing hunting. Oh my god, what does it do? Like, floats around and like... Scoops down and picks up a rat. Poisons them? Like, I don't... (laughs) Missy didn't have to do this, but she's really nice, and she offers some of that sandwich to James and Meowth. She drops it on the ground first, of course, because she doesn't like Team Rocket, so they have to eat it with the dirt that's on it. But that's pretty nice of her, at least give them some sandwich. That thing was a huge sandwich, though, right? That thing was... Yeah, she's like, Brock makes us sandwiches every day. I'm like, like oh my Lord. god. That thing's like a foot and a half long. Where does it's he get so the big. damn bread from? <laughs> and it's stacked, too. It's not like all bread, no meat. I mean, this thing is like jam-packed in there. This makes me feel so bad for Team Rocket. I Maybe it does. Maybe they spend know. all their money on the machines. That could be it, too. I don't know. They clearly have budgeting issues. They have, like, a lack of, like, long-term planning. They don't focus. They don't have, like, survivalist skills. They literally have, like, nothing. They just bumble around. I don't know. I felt really bad for Jessie in this moment because she has this, like, inner thought process where she's like, what am I doing with my life? I can't believe this is how I'm, like, living. Like, maybe I should make a change. Like, I had dreams. I had dreams as a kid, and we see her as, like, a child, and she's like, I want to be a... What'd she say? She wants to be an actress. Okay, Austin's got it. She wants to be a doctor, but she attempted to do... In the Chansey School. Yep. She wants to be a famous actress, which, as we know, she envisions herself to be. Well, she does do the coordinator thing in a bit. She becomes an entertainer of a sort. Mm -hmm. Did she say she wanted to be a tree? A trainer. Trainer. A tree or a trainer? Okay. I think a trainer. Mission accomplished. But maybe not in the sense of like a team rock, like like a traditional oh. Ash Ketchum type trainer where you're going around and doing like. That's why she tried to steal the badges for the Indigo League from yes. the Marowak mm-hmm. guy. Okay, I have a question. Seeing all this, like hearing her inner thoughts, like, and then I know we get backstory with like James and stuff like that, like later on and stuff. What is stopping them from doing this? Like, what is stopping them from like just making a change? Like, I don't understand. Giovanni will kill you. They are going to catch that Pikachu. They are, like, obsessive. Maybe if they just... They need to go to therapy, I think. We all do. Break the fixation that they have and, like, pursue their own goals. Like, I don't... They are going to catch that Pikachu, Alex. God damn it. (laughs) We gotta do it. They could have just caught one in Viridian Forest. No, it's the special Pikachu. Oh my gosh. See, this is what's holding them back is their obsessive focus on one thing. Do you think that Jesse oh like, <laughs> secretly holds a grudge against James? Like, how does she not hate James in a way? I don't know, but I think Austin is like signaling me. He's like, I think you need to use this as a referendum on your own life. I did not do such a thing. <laughs> that look in your eye. The fact that you are extrapolating this says a lot about your inner psychology. I will admit that I do have obsessive tendencies and I fixate on things and I overthink 
And so, yes, I could take my own advice. I was not thinking about you at all, but, you know, draw your own conclusions. Yes. Well, that says something about me personally, doesn't it? Anyway, Jacob was asking us a question. Do we think that James and Meowth resent Jesse? Was that your question? No. Do you think Jesse hates James in a way? Or Meowth Meowth could be that way too. Because Jesse didn't have a choice for this life. I mean, the thug life chose whore. (laughs) (laughs) Thug life chose her. (laughs) I think that she and James resent Meowth because they were so quick to cast him out during the Snubble episode. And they're like... Happy trails, Meowth. Get the fuck out of here. But James is rich, though. James, like, had everything, but he left it. You know, you think Jesse coming from nothing would be like, dude, come on. Because they're like a Bonnie and Clyde type. He is rejecting his aristocratic life in favor of, like, thrill and adventure and, you know, pursue it. Like, not being under the thumb of, like, his rich, overbearing parents. Just under the thumb of Jesse. Jesse, (laughs) she has abandonment issues, and so she clings on to James And so they, like, feed off of each other. But I honestly think that, like, despite all that, I think they could make something of themselves if they didn't have Meowth's toxic, like, (laughs) influence over them. Like, I think Meowth is the the catalyst. He's like the devil on the shoulder. Yeah, he's like, let's do this. Like, let's steal. He's always the one scheming. He's always the one saying, you know, this is what we're going to do today. Like, it's like fucking Pinky in the brain. Like, what are we going to do today, brain? I know, Pinky. And it's like... He's telling them, this is what we're going to do. I will say in the Misty group, Meowth does end up taking charge for quite some time. He's he's like, I'm the leader now. And he like says where to go. Yeah, see, he's the ba- He's the problem. Yeah. Like if they didn't listen to him thinking like a talking cat creature has their best interest at heart, maybe they could get somewhere. It's getting really dark, though. Like, you know, if you went really <laughs> deep inside a cave. Oh, speaking of which, the next part of the episode, <laughs> we go inside caves. There's bears chasing after us. Let's go inside a cave. I'm calling bull that Ashbrock and Jesse find a cave without any Ursa ring. And of course, the other group, they find the Ursa ring orgy cave. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are braiding. They are braiding. But see, yeah. again, Austin, it speaks to Meowth's ineptitude. He's the one that leads him into the orgy cave. Meanwhile, Brock leads them into using his superior survivalist skills. How could you possibly tell if there's a bear in a cave? There's no bear sign anywhere. Bear sign. Mm, worm sign. Worm sign. Exactly. Yeah. No scratch marks on the trees outside the cave. No piles of shit everywhere. No breathing noises and growling and, and whatever Ursaring orgy sex noises sound like. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, that's a Jacob sex voice. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so common sense things like that. Just auto-tune that and you got what's going on there. Patreon. Patreon. Out of drying pan after dark. That's right. The cave's bad, obviously, but like you guys said, the cave that Jesse's group goes in is actually perfectly fine. And we get a sweet moment where I guess they're kind of cold inside the cave. And Jesse's like just sleeping on the dirt using a rock as a pillow. And then Brock comes over and gives her, you know, a pillow and a blanket and puts a cloth over her nose. Smells like chloroform. No, I'm kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. Brock's not that kind of guy. Anyway. Nope. Uh, this isn't what tra- was that, this is, Austin? This what was that? Like, <laughs> this isn't Tracy. Tracy would draw her as her, as she slept. Oh, my God. Yeah, he would. <laughs> he would. But that's kind of a sweet moment Brock does. And he's like, oh, well, we always, you know, share blankets. 
I don't know. It's kind of a... <laughs> I don't mean like that. I mean like they, you know, make sure everybody's warm. Get your mind out of the gutter, Austin. <laughs> I'm just sitting here, y'all. I'm just sitting here. Okay, sure. So Jesse's group, they're sleeping comfortably. They're fine. On the other hand, James and Meowth, Misty, they've escaped. They're serene. And there's like a rock, paper, scissors game that goes on again. James went... No, Meowth wins again. But for some reason, I can't remember if they follow his idea or whatever. But James suggests, hey, let's climb down this cliff... To get away from the earth ring so we can get a good night's sleep. Right. Yeah. What is, why would that be a good idea? Because Meowth is just full of bad ideas. It was James's idea. Well, I thought it was his idea to like go into the cave and then they reach this like cliff oh, right. side. And then like to Jacob's point, like I don't really remember the progression, but it's like we have to rappel down this cliff or something. It was James. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. James says that, but I can't remember why they rejected like Meowth winning. I think he's, they go like, well, you got a sauce last time. So I'm going to take control. So they, they rappel down this cliff and they end up on a small ledge, but they can't, in the gloom of the dark, they can't see how far down the cliff goes. So they're too afraid to like jump, continue on and <laughs> jump down. Yeah. And the rope breaks as they're climbing down so they can't get back up. So they have to sleep on this little ledge and then Misty gets the idea of like drawing a line of where they can sleep. And she gives like James and Meowth like a, I don't know, like a tiny little slither of the edge and she gives herself like the rest of it. And I was like, that's pretty 80, funny. 80-20 split. Yeah, it's more like that. Yeah, like two thirds, one third. Total tyrant move. Yeah, but it makes sense though. Yeah, she's like, stay on your side and I'll stay on mine. And they respect it too. They don't even try. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> that's it. They respect the boundaries. Good for them. So they're asleep on the cliff. Uh, this is like what we were referring to earlier. Jesse. Even though the kindness was shown to her with the food and the blanket and the pillow replacing the rock, she still has her Team Ronka tendencies, though. I mean, am I right? Yeah. Yeah, while Ash is sleeping and Brock's sleeping, she takes the opportunity to try and steal Pikachu. I mean, is this surprising, really, that she does this? I mean, this has happened before with the group, right? I think with Jesse, I think there was a... Oh, my gosh. I can't remember specifically, but there was a time when James says, okay, the twerps helped us out in this one particular situation. The best thing we could do is walk away. I think it was the, the Sun Spore detour. Was it that? Possibly. Anyway, I just recall him saying, like, okay, we should do the honorable thing. Like, they helped us in our time of need here. Like, let's just not harass them. Let's just move on. And Jesse is the one who's like, fuck that. We're Team Rocket. We're going to attack them. And so, yeah, Jacob, I think it is in line with Jessie's. Like, she just can't help herself. Despite the kindness, despite everything, she still has that, like, kleptomaniac tendency. She just has to steal. Yeah. Also, the plan is grab Pikachu while he's sleeping and just walk away in the night. And it seems to work at first. It does. But then a bunch of Ursaring, of course, jump out and Damn. scare her back in the <laughs> cave. So Pikachu doesn't get stolen. All right, now we're back at Misty's group. They have woken up and they realize that like the ledge or the edge that they're on is only like a foot from the bottom, right? So they could have jumped down. <laughs> I can't remember what happened. They play rock, paper, scissors again. I don't know why they're playing at this point. I can't remember why, but Meowth wins again. And then James says, no, you're not making any more decisions, of course. And I think they jump off and they continue walking, looking for the group. And then back with, I hate switching back and forth to these groups, but back at Ash's group, they f beat an Ursaring. They find one and they actually beat it. They do? Do they beat it? They fight one. They fight they one. I don't remember. They fight one and then they beat it and then other that causes other Ursaring to come in to defend it and that scares them off and they go running away. I just remember they all meet up at one point. Yeah, let's get ahead of that. Yeah, yeah, so the big climactic part is they're all being chased. Yep, they're all being chased. 
and they run into each other. That's like basically what happens next. They run into each other and they fight the Ursaring, defeat the Ursaring together. And I can't remember what happens, how the Team Rocket blasts off. All right, you, you skipped like a good five All minutes right. of material. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget the rickety rope bridge. But the Ursaring snap the ropes with their hyper beams. That's pretty cool. So they're trying to cross the bridge, the rope bridge, the only one in a million miles because that's Johto. Toto. Cliffs, ca- no, spiraling chasms and rickety rope bridges. And that's, yeah. That's the landscape of Johto. God, it's a hellish. It's not a good place. It's not. It's f- freaking rivers every five seconds, dark forests that you can't like make your way out of. And like gaping chasms that like have no bottoms and one tiny bridge for miles and miles like that's your only way to cross that bridge is gonna break and if it doesn't break the horny bears are gonna break it for you (laughs) something's gonna come along and push you over the edge they do they break it they rip the ropes clean in half so we get the symbolic moment of everyone's hanging on for dear life to the bridge that's collapsed and then chikorita bulbasaur arbok onyx and victory bell save them Hooray. That was nice. Mm-hmm. So I've taken over the episode now because Jacob didn't take notes. <laughs> I, d- I, I don't think about the rope. I know what happens. They like save them and then like things start falling apart there and Team Rocket tries to attack Ash and them and Team Rocket gets blasted off. That's basically it, right? Yep. Yeah. I forgot about the rickety rope. There's so many rickety rope bridges that you can't keep track of them all. Oh, Togepi does it. Metronome. Togepi metronome them away. Yeah. Okay. Togepi uses metronome and blasts them off. And that they're reunited with the blast off. That's it. What do you think the move was? Explosion? Magnitude. Magnitude. Magnitude 7. Yeah. Or something. I was going to say earth power, but I'm like, oh shit, that doesn't exist yet. But what does exist is the sign posted next to the, the now destroyed bridge saying, do not enter this forest. It is the earth ring breeding season and they will kill you. I like how this one tiny sign is the only indication of like keep out like there's no other signage anywhere there's nothing in all fairness they have done what you're not supposed to do the trail is gone they're wandering through the actual woods yeah we don't even know where we're at at this point that's the problem again i am just so okay maybe the technology isn't there yet but i just feel like the pokedex should have at least some sort of cursory sort of function of like okay you're in this general area. Bulletin. This is Ursaring mating ground. Please use extreme caution when traveling in this area. Like, there should be some kind of something. Like on your GPS when you're, like, driving and it goes, warning, accident ahead, 3.4 yeah. miles, something like that. Right. Or, you know, have they, st- well, I guess they haven't stopped in civilization for a while because I feel like maybe they could get information from, like, like a community board or, like, some kind of townsperson to be like oh yeah the ursaring breeding ground is up that way be careful nothing brock's survival book doesn't have like any sort of this is ursaring territory there's no structure to this place i just think they're bad survivalists contrary to what we were saying earlier i just think we got like a <laughs> the girl who loved tom gordon situation and she then they're just like out there you want to speak to that what is that girl who loved tom gordon never mind it's a stephen king book is are they like survivalist people no, it's a little girl lost in the woods. Oh. Does she meet cannibals? She meets a wasp creature? All righty. Stephen King is just, I mean, that, 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 there's That's some stuff. That's out there, isn't it? All righty. Did he write the pie thing? Was it the pie? Yes, thinner. Fucking pie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Listeners, do yourself a favor or not. I don't know. Depending on your mood, watch that movie. 
see for yourselves. Alrighty. I have <laughs> I don't know about that one, the pie. <laughs> you haven't seen that movie, Jacob? No. It's a terrible movie. It's a terrible movie, but it's so ridiculous. It's like a pie that has a curse on it, which is problematic in a lot of ways because it's a like a pie that has what on it? A curse. Oh, like an actual like baked pie. That doesn't happen till the end though. The movie starts with Roadhead and Oh, right. I forgot about that. They kill the old woman. Yeah, so they come across this like they're okay all right all right well i'm just we can cut this out i just want to explain it for jacob you can cut this out if you want to no we're keeping it in okay it's a it's like they're in a town and there's like romani like a romanian population or whatever and so which is problematic in general because the whole like curses and stuff like we don't that's not the case but anyway so they kill the old woman because they're not paying attention because they're distracted driving roadhead roadhead and then they kill the old lady and so they put like a curse i don't know how the pie comes into it or whatever it's like an anti-curse pot or like the pie transfers the curse like they had a pie for like the daughter's birthday or something i can't remember exactly but like you have to eat the pie and the only way to get rid of the curse is like to make somebody else eat the pie but what does the curse do again it's like you can't ever eat you like you like you go thinner like you lose all your body weight and you die yeah you like waste away and oh that's a good pie then you don't gain it's weight so on it. weird and then i can't remember how they like get rid of the pie at the end the daughter eats it spoiler oh right yeah all right anyway all right so- <laughs> uh, mvp and lvp for this episode yes <laughs> Woo. my lvp is stephen king <laughs> wacky story ideas austin you're first followed by alex and then i'll wrap us up uh my mvp misty for being a boss babe in this episode wow i don't know actually i take it back no retraction my mvp is going to be psyduck for the scene in which the twerps and team rocket realize that the truce is over and so they jump to opposite sides and psyduck goes with the team rocket group instead of the twerp group (laughs) that's great good for him that was funny he picked the right side and my lvp will be the horny ursa ring for being cock blocked so many times did we like how the hyper beams were a metaphor I did. Okay, my quote will be, Dexter the Pokedex says, Ursaring has such a keen sense of smell that it can find food that is buried. And Ash says, I hope the food is the only thing that gets buried. Hey now. All right, Alex. Is it my turn? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Real distracted? Okay. I am distracted. Okay, you're going to have, if I like repeat something, you have to tell me because I was trying to find out this other, oh, was it Dean Koontz maybe? I was trying to find out this other story. I was like thinking of horror stories, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Are you looking for a particular airport novel of some sort? What's going yes. on? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, this is going to bother me. I'm so sorry. Hold on. You can tune in to our other podcast, Dissecting <laughs> Stephen King comes out on tuesdays it's not stephen king it's dean coons i'm pretty sure man what's wrong with my nose today why is my nose so pronounced what looks like it's more announced when have you ever fixated on your nose like lady gaga over there (laughs) i'm like lady gaga my nose is huge okay what is this book that's a reference (laughs) to stars born for the record (laughs) yep that's a reference okay i'm pretty what the fuck is this book why has he written so many things how can one person write so many books? A lot of time on their hands. Oh, I found it. Okay, the book I was thinking of is a Dean Koontz novel, and it's called TikTok. On the clock. Yeah, it's about, like, a scary doll. He can't destroy the doll, and, like, I don't know. It's so weird. I just remember, like, listening to an audiobook of this, and I don't know why the thinner thing reminded me of it. Anyway. Anyway, sorry. If I repeat something, I was totally distracted, and you can yell at me about it. My MVP 
is gonna be Ash. Because, holy shit, that upper body strength when he was literally holding up Brock, Misty, Jesse, James, Meowth, Psyduck at one point. He's literally holding on to this one plank and they're all hanging off his legs. Oh, wow. I was like, holy shit, how is he holding up all these people? He does a lot of pull-ups. It's his aura. It is his aura. I don't know, didn't somebody, like, do a calculation of what that log weighed when he, like, picked it up and it was, like, 800 pounds? Yeah, it was, like, a semi-truck he picked up. Yeah. Anyway, so gotta give him MVP for that. LVP, what did you say for your LVP, Austin? Sorry. Ursaring. Ursaring. (sighs) I don't know. I'm gonna give it to Meowth for his incompetence. You hate Meowth. Do I? Yeah. I feel like I can't really dispute it. (laughs) You hate Meowth. It's okay. He's not a very likable character. He's just manipulative, he's not narcissistic. Good for the group. You know? Yes, he's got some toxic tendencies that leads Jesse and James astray. Plus, he's a cheater. He's like odd finger wins, and he's got three fingers. So, didn't like him this episode. My quote is: Did I even write it down? Okay, I have one. The part when Misty and Meowth and James are on the ledge, and she's drawing the line to say, "Don't come across this line." She says, nobody crosses this line. You stay on your side and I'll stay on mine. And Meowth says, hey, wait a second, kid. How come you got so much more room than we do? And Misty says, you don't need as much room as I do because your brains are much smaller than mine. All right. Burn. Uh, who was your MVP, Austin? That was like 20 minutes ago you said that. Oh, my God. Hi, <laughs> Doug. I'm going to give my uh, MVP. You're struggling. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to give my MVP. Hold on. That reminds me of that one Dean Koontz novel. (laughs) That's my fault. I derailed us. There's an evil bat. There's an evil doll. Austin, who's your LVP? That was like 30 minutes ago. (laughs) 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 The Earth Ring. I'm uh, going to give my MVP to Brock for, I don't know, just feeding Jesse and giving her a blanket. That was kind of nice. He could have treated her like dirt because she treats them like dirt. But he came through, I guess. My LVP, I'm going to give it to Officer Jenny. Because if you remember the last time we were in like some kind of state forest or park or whatever, she was there to assist in some way, but she failed to show up this time. Jenny gets an LVP for her absence. I'm going to give my quote goes to Jesse, and it's she's first with Brock and Ash. They like tell her to do something, and she says, hey, I said form a truce, not surrender. I was like, that's pretty, that's pretty <laughs> funny, pretty clever. But uh, yeah, that's it. Austin, what's on the menu for next week? Big news. Big news? Big news for the podcast. What is it? Oh my gosh. It's time for Pokemon 3 the movie. Oh my gosh. It's finally happening. We are covering the short film Pikachu and Pichu. Or maybe it's Pichu and Pikachu. I don't fucking remember. And the movie proper, Spell of the Unknown. (gasps) This is the one with Greninja in it? Wrong. Okay. Okay, I think this might be our... (laughs) The Entei movie... Is this our favorite collectively? Jacob doesn't remember. Don't ask is, him. Is Charizard in it? I, I remember this one very, very fondly, actually. Okay, okay, that's what you were going for. I was like, Dranetcha. I can tell you, ex- I can summarize that movie right now. Okay, so there's this little girl named Molly, and her father disappears into and her the mother's dead. Dimension. Okay, spoilers. Her mother's dead. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no she's not dead. That's, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Her mother's dead. Wink, wink. We'll talk about it next time. <laughs> You'll have to tune in next time for the thrilling movie adventure. You thought this episode was long? Get ready. It's going to be four hours long. Okay. Are we like dividing it? Is this, is it going to be like a two-parter? What's going to go on with that? All one. All one supersized episode. Oh my God. A treat for you guys, Mm -hmm. listeners. 
We also will probably have another announcement for our countdown next episode. So, ooh, I wonder what it could be. I wonder what it could be yeah, too. <laughs> you know what it is? No, I don't. Yes, you do. Lord, Austin likes to think he doesn't know what he's talking about, but he does. Alrighty, Jacob and I know. We're in the know. He's in the unknown. Get it? Ha. ha. To know the unknown. <laughs> All right. I'm going to close this out here. Please do. Jacob is so fucking done. He's like, shut up. <laughs> Thank you all. I'm ready to go. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating. If you have any questions or comments, send them to outofthedrawingfan at gmo.com. Again, that is outofthedrawingfan at gmo.com. Follow us on Twitter at outofdrawingpan. Our handle is outofdrawingpan. And we also have a Patreon. Check that out you want to there'll be a link instagram there'll be a link in the description there's no instagram yet but we look forward to that she'll probably have it out alex will sooner or later but more importantly check the pa- check knows? the patreon the link will be in the description uh join us next Fucking time professional production join us next time but before you join us next time be sure to check out our patreon again the link will be in the description and join us next time as the journey continues Are we stopping or... Okay.